2: Home and Home
1: Sporting event of the weekend without a doubt is the heavyweight title fight between Tyson Fury Deontay Wilder part 2 But is it worth 80 bucks and is the sport of boxing about to be extinct or can it hang on with its current niche in the sports universe Let's talk about it with one of the authors of one of the best sports books of all time. The book is Ali, a life. He is journalist. He is an author. He is Jonathan Eig, and he joins us here on a Friday. Good to see you, sir. So uh, tell us about this fight this weekend. Look, I'm not a big boxing guy. Why should I give a damn about this fight? Why should I consider paying 80 bucks on pay-per-view? And would you pay 80 bucks?
2: (laughs) I'm not planning to. Uh, If I get a call and somebody invites me over, I might... uh... I might go watch, but I'm not planning to pay for it, and uh, I'll chip in if some other guys are doing it. But I, I have to say, it's kind of like the last gasp. It's the last uh, heavyweight boxing match that that's going to matter for a while. It hasn't there hasn't been one that mattered for a while, and I just feel like you know this this should be a good fight. So um, if you care at all about boxing, and there aren't that many of us left who do, um, if you care at all about boxing, this is a good one to watch.
0: You know, Jonathan, I'm glad you said that because this I, I can't remember the last heavyweight bout that I was even aware of, that I, that I even, like, considered or even talked about. So on that level, I guess, it's a real positive that we're having you on. We're talking about it. There's a fight that people are talking about. But I want to go back because you wrote the Ali biography. And when I talked to my dad and my father-in-law, you know, back when Ali and and those guys were around, that was the biggest sport. It was the biggest deal. Everybody watched every fight back then. They would go to different, because Ali used to train near where I'm from in Deer Lake sometimes. People would go, you'd have to drive to gyms or movie theaters or, or arenas to watch it closed circuit and people would do it everybody would do it so I'm hoping you can take us through the evolution of like what happened like what how do we get from there to here
2: you know it's important to remember that um, when Ali came along people were saying um, heavyweight boxing is dead and Ali said I'm gonna bring it back I'm gonna revive it and he did because um, those fights in the 70s Ali Frazier Ali Foreman um, they were bigger than 100 Super Bowls. These, these were the sporting events. They were, everybody t- talked about them. And even if you couldn't watch them, you were if you were a kid and you couldn't go out to the uh, closed circuit and see it in a the theater, um, you'd listen on the radio. Everybody waited for those fights. But even before Ali came along, people were saying boxing was dead. After World War II, the sport lost a lot of popularity. You know, people started saying um, they got better things to do there are better ways to make a living you know boxing worked when in the depression when p- people were looking for a way out of poverty but once you got into the into the 50s and 60s there were better ways for even for young kids who were great athletes to to work their way out of the ghetto so boxing just started dying off all the boxing clubs i mean nobody boxes for recreation anymore but they used to so once you cut it off as a recreation once you lose those boxing clubs that were in the neighborhoods the sport begins to dry dry out. The talent pool dies out. So Ali brought that back for a little while because he made boxing so exciting in the 70, 60s and 70s. And then you had a little like last gasp with Mike Tyson because he was such a compelling figure. I mean that he just he was a, a the small guy who knocked people out so brutally, so viciously that that sparked some interest again. But since Tyson, I would say that you know most Americans can't name a single heavyweight boxer.
1: With the exception of this fight, uh, yeah, if you go back a couple of weeks... I'll be honest, I probably could not name a single heavyweight fighter talking with Jonathan Igg, the author of Ali, A Life. It was a significant boost, though, not a minor one, in the 90s when Mike Tyson came back. And this thing was a, a news event. I would absolutely pay the 100 bucks I believe it was, back then, or something around there. I mean, it was when he lost to Buster Douglas. This was worldwide news. The sport was back with a bang at what point did it just drop off a cliff?
2: You know, I think after Tyson, it it fell off. And, you know, you had a couple of really strong fighters and some great championships after that. But they didn't have the kind of personality that Ali had, or Tyson even. I mean, Tyson wasn't much of a personality when he was young, but he was a really compelling figure, a really interesting character that you wanted to see. Uh, you know, I paid for some of those fights, even though they lasted, you know, 12 seconds um because everybody was talking about Tyson he was um, he was just this this you know almost mythical figure in his ability to knock people out so quickly and there's always something compelling about a fight It's just something people are drawn to but when you don't have the personalities when you don't have the great rivalries when you don't have you know um, like like this weekend's fight that's a, it's a it, it's a compelling there they're two really strong punchers um they, 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 they this should be a really good fight but I couldn't really tell you. I I don't think most Americans could could name them or tell you anything about their characters or about the personal side of their rivalry. They're just, it doesn't have the same drama that the old fights used to have.
0: Yeah, I'm kind of with Dave. Like, even when we were younger, Tyson was such a big deal. And then I feel like Holyfield wasn't as big of a deal, but we still knew him. Like, I'm trying to figure out when it was that it just kind of disappeared. Because even when Holyfield was the heavyweight champ, it wasn't as big a deal as Tyson, but we still knew it was Holyfield, and we still wanted to see the Holyfield foreman or Holyfield whoever. There was Lennox Lewis, Riddick. but it, it, it just, like, I feel like maybe after Lennox it just dropped off the face of the earth, it feels like.
2: Yeah, part of the problem is that it's it's hard to know who's the champion. There's so many different titles. There's no one governing body. So there's no one organization promoting the fights. Um, MMA is a brand. They know how to market themselves. Um, boxing is all these different brands and they don't really, they've never done a good job of marketing. There's no central boxing organization that is figuring out how to promote these fights, how to make compelling stories out of them. We like stories. We like to root for heroes. We like to root for the bad guy. Um, And boxing list hasn't had any of that since Tyson, really.
1: Talking with Jonathan Og, the author of Ali, A Life. And that's why I'm so surprised. A little uh, backstory about this upcoming fight. They had a a pushing incident on camera earlier in the week. And the Nevada Athletic Commission decided there would be no face-off today during the weigh-in, which seems totally counterproductive to me. These two get it. Wilder and Fury get it. They understand the personality. I thought the pushing, in fact, looked awfully staged. Isn't this the type of thing that boxing ought to embrace and promote rather than run from it?
2: That's right. I mean, controversy is good, and fighting is what it's all about. You want to know that there's some bad blood between these guys. You want to know that they want to kill each other. That's That's why we pay to watch. And for the boxing officials to to downplay that or to try to eliminate it is, is, is foolish. I mean, say what you want about Don King. He was, he was, uh, you know, wild guy. He was kind of, uh, uh, crazy and he was, you know, making more money than his fighters sometimes, but the man knew how to promote a fight. He knew how to make you want to watch and, and the world would respond. And there's nobody really, you know, pulling the strings right now for boxing to, to, to keep it in front of the public. What, you know, what do they do for social media? What do they do on, on, on you know, to, to, to find young fans. They're just not doing it.
0: All right. So then I got a couple other questions related to that. How much have they been hurt? First of all, by MMA, in your opinion?
2: I think they've been hurt a lot. I mean, the young people I know, my, my kids and my friend's kids, um, they're in MMA because it's a great spectacle. It's exciting to go to one of those fights and to watch them on TV. Um, and, they know how to market they they've built a great brand so i think that's hurt boxing tremendously these kids aren't interested in in, in this weekend's fight
0: and then the and then the follow up to that is and maybe since what you just said about mma maybe the answer to this next question is no but with all the cte stuff and the repetitive hits to the head in boxing what we know about that from football Ali and you know Parkinson's and all of that stuff you think that's had an impact or no?
2: Yeah, I think that's had a huge impact because first of all people aren't going into boxing and for that very reason you know Who's gonna let their kid box these days knowing that they are almost certain to have? you know serious serious medical issues from that Um, so you, again, you don't have the the talent pool. No, you know, if you're a great athlete coming up in in America today, you've got way better choices than boxing. So you are, you know, the, the future of the sport is really grim because you're just not going to see the talent coming up. And as a result of that, because nobody boxes for fun, um, you're not that interested in watching it either. And of course, you know, there's a lot of people who feel like it's brutal. I don't want to watch somebody trying to concuss somebody else. It's just, you know, it's, 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 it's it's sad.
1: It is sad. Talking to Randy Igg, the author of Ali, A Life, and doing all that research, what surprised you the most about Ali? What would surprise our listeners? You feel like you know him so well. We've seen the story play out on the big screen. And of course, those who are alive for his career. But what, what would be the most surprising thing uh, to listeners, to viewers, or even it was to you?
2: Well, you know, he started showing signs of um, of brain damage as early as the as, as the first Fraser fight, 1971, according to his doctor, and that was a lot earlier than I expected. So he fought for another 10 years, already showing signs of CTE, and by the mid 70s, he started recognizing it himself. He started asking his family and his friends, "Do you think I'm showing uh, my my speech is slowing down?" Do I sound like I've got brain damage to you? And you could hear it. You could tell. Um, And, you know, I actually worked with CompuBox to count all the punches that Ali took, and we calculated that he took something like 200,000 punches over the course of his career. Um, That's just, you know, that's, it's inescapable that you're going to have some damage from that.
0: You know speaking of sports that that might be dying, Jonathan, I, I know that you're into baseball as well. boy, you can really pick a man, baseball and boxing. <laughs> um, uh, I, 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 I guess I guess that is the first question, which is what is your level of concern that baseball could slip into uh, similar to what's happened to boxing because it feels like baseball, is losing traction, especially with young people, every year.
2: Yeah, I think it's right. Um, you know, it just goes to show you how old I am. I guess you know my other. Uh, what what do I, I'm going to keep rooting for bowling to make a comeback too. I guess. Um, but um, it's grim, and and I feel like this this cheating scandal. Certainly doesn't help, but baseball had problems to begin with. You don't see young fans at the ballpark. Uh, they, they've got the nets up now, so the young fans can't even try to get autographs from their from their favorite players before the game. The players have become more remote. The games have become too expensive. I want to take my three kids to a ball game. Uh, I'm going to end up spending 200 bucks um, before I even you know park the car. So um, it's it's you know the baseball's doing a bad job of uh, of appealing to younger fans the game is too slow it's boring. my kids want to bring their you know phones and, and just uh, you know mess around on, on Snapchat they're not even watching the game. Why should I spend that money to go to a ball game and, and when, they're, they're, when they're just going to be bored? So baseball's got some serious problems and that's why it's not the most popular sport anymore. That's why um, you know uh, football and basketball are and, and soccer even are, are making gains while while baseball is slipping in popularity.
1: Yeah, you want a challenge? Bring your kids to a baseball game and tell them they can't be on their cell phones. That, <laughs> yeah, I've tried it, and I failed. I don't think I made it to the third inning. Um, yeah, you where wrote can you the take them? Right? Ma- yeah, that, that's a good point. I can't take them <laughs> to the store, to the grocery store, and they'll stay off of them. But uh, you wrote The Luckiest Man, and back to that Astros cheating scandal. Um, how does that compare historically? I've been stunned at how the players 100% Down the line, with the exception of former player David Ortiz, who we'll talk about later, Uh, the players have lined up against the Astros, and they are hammering them. Even Yankees, who have Garrett Cole on their team. How does this scandal compare historically?
2: I think it's the greatest scandal in baseball history. It certainly makes Pete Rose look like nothing, and even the Black Sox. um, That was one week of of cheating, a few games. This is years of cheating, and... For the Astros to, to botch that press conference and to say, Oh, we don't think it had any effect on the outcome of games. I mean, what a joke. Then why were they doing it? I think this is a serious scar on on the on baseball. I think it, it's something they'll be talking about for for the rest of uh of if, as long as anyone's interested in baseball, they're going to be talking about this scandal, and I think that the so far the league has done a very poor job of of handling it, and the players have done a poor job of handling it. They they need to you know extract a pound of flesh from this from this team and from these players. They need to really come down hard on them if they want to restore the integrity of the game.
1: Jonathan, I coming out swinging. There, the greatest scandal in baseball history is the author of All a life. Final question for you and you're not prepared for this one. It has nothing to do with sports, as we often tend to stray here on Home and Home. So Jonathan, I want you to put yourself in this scenario. You're on a airplane flight with your wife. You book the middle seat and the aisle seat, as my wife and I tend to do, hoping that no one fills said middle seat. Well, yesterday, someone did fill, fill that middle seat, and I thought my wife would move to the middle. She did not even consider it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because she wants her aisle and I want my window. How would you play that situation? And is there a concern? Is the honeymoon over?
2: Now, the wife is always right. She gets whatever seat she wants in my book.
0: <laughs> okay. Smart man. short, Smart man. I like that. I like that. I like that. That's a good way of looking at it. That's not, you're not wrong. Thank no, you.
1: No, that's a smart man. That's a historian. That's I've been married a long time. Of- Uh, wrote Luckiest Man and one of the great 10 sports books of all time, Ali, A Life. We recommend you check out all of his work. Jonathan and I, great pleasure having you on. Thank you.
2: Thanks a lot. Good talking to you.
1: Hi, everyone. This is Dave Briggs. Thanks for listening to the Home and Home Podcast. Remember, you can watch or listen live every day from 8.30 to 10.30 a.m. exclusively on the Radio.com app or at radio.com home.
2: Home and Home.